You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. Here are your hosts. I'm Rashida, a motherless mom of a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Yep, that is two under four. And I'm Kara, a motherless mom with a three-year-old, an angel baby, and one on the way. Let's dig in. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast. This is episode 24, which, if you remember, is actually a two-parter. I kind of cut Kara off in the last episode and was like, whoop, we should probably make this a two-parter. So we're going to go ahead and pick right back up uh, where we left off. Hope you enjoy. As we texted about, can we push back on not feeling good last week when we were supposed to record? And I was like, I'm just having, I was like, I was feeling griefy. I was feeling like I was going to die. Soon. Like I, like it was, oh. I was having a weird, like fear, like, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it under control. Like the panic of it. Like, so like I kept the straight anxiety of me dying and missing out on what is to come. And then I'm like obsessed with like my, like, I do believe in heaven. So like, I do believe that that heaven is a place, but then in my mind, I'm like, what if it's not? And then Girl, once I'm yes, dead, yes. it's just fade to black. Me too. Okay. So that's, that is something that I have imagined with my mom watching her die. And the last thing she said to me was, I'll be, I'll be fine. And her having to come to fucking grips and come to terms with, I just have to let go because I know I'm going to fucking die. I can't get over it. I can't either. I can't. And it causes, it causes me far too much anxiety. And so I, so I'm having, so I was having these thoughts. Well, okay. It it became about, which is funny because when you said the rose quartz thing and that you were like, what if I die now? I was having like, I couldn't get my heart. I don't want to call them heart palpitations because I don't think they were. I think I was just like being a weirdo, but anxiety. I think I was just like, like super anxious last week. I'll blame it on. I was trying, I'm trying to drink less. And so I'm trying all these random, like, like CBD drinks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The recess. Yes. I'm trying all these random CBD drinks, which didn't work. Because, right. Well, I actually think it made me more anxious. Oh yeah. No, like, That's which the- could be like, no, I'm not shitting on recess. It could be. So like when I am a person or I am also a person that when I am too relaxed or like I, I then start to have anxiety as well, like because I am like something bad should be doing happen. something. Like, nobody, uh, yeah, nobody oh. should be relaxed. Everybody should be on the lookout for the next bad thing to happen. So I don't blame recess. I think it's just my makeup. And so my heart's beating all weird and fast. And I was like, okay, I'll just go to sleep. I couldn't sleep that night. Oh, which I have come to figure out was because I had a big old client presentation on Wednesday that was wearing on me more than I thought it was. So I didn't sleep for like three nights. Like I like up until that presentation, my heart's like doing this pitter patter thing. I'm like panicking. And then I thought of like, well, my mom died of a heart attack. What if this is it? Oh, what if this is my body? Like being like you're, yeah, this is it. Say your goodbyes. I also do this really fucking weird thing where like, this is going to sound stupid and I'm going to try to explain it, but bear with me. I also do this dumb thing where like, if a moment is too perfect, then it like surely has to be my last moment. Like, like it surely has to be the last, like, like if I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, 
filled with an overwhelming sense of like love and like Dom comes over and he's like, I love you, mommy. And then I give him a kiss and a hug and a snuggle. And then like, there's just like this euphoric feeling of like, look at this life I've created. I feel like that is a storybook. And then she died. I'm sure you talked to your boy, Joel, about this, but that's anxiety. Oh, that's it is fucking it's, anxiety. It's, it's, it's deep anxiety. It's it stupid. is. It's like it deep. Is. It's deep, 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 deep. And so then, so I've got that's, all this going on. It robs you. It fucking robs you. It does. Joy. It does. It does. Fuck so you, I've got anxiety. all that going on, which then I thought of thought of my friend Meg, friend of the podcast, and when her husband died, and like how what like <laughs> that made me like. So then I had in my mind like people do die. Yeah. Right. Like I don't get to not die because I'm Rashida. Like, right. And, and you've I'm already Dominic's experienced. Mom. Yeah. Right. You've already yeah. experienced it. Yeah. Yes. And so then I was like, Oh my God, I gotta get it. I gotta get out of over this. I gotta get over this. Then I get a, a text. I'm in this like little group of like random moms that live all over the place. My friend, Michelle, like spun us all together, but this group is like the We've, we haven't all met in person. We've all met at different points in our lives, but we haven't actually all been together as like a group ever. And yeah. this group text, this group text has existed for three years. That's so funny. Like we've all become like moms of two in this group, but it's like a dumping ground for like where you get to dump your scariest thoughts and the no one in the group will judge you. So you could be like, I might run away from my husband today. <laughs> Then, then everybody in the group will be like, all right, well, what did he do? Like, come over. We'll talk you. Yeah. We'll talk. Well, we can't come over because we don't live in like two live in Wisconsin. One lives in Maine. You can go. You can go. And so it's a, it's a funny dynamic of women, but it's like, sometimes it's like, I need to like yell into space into people who aren't actively invested in my life. Yeah. But also can relate. Yes. But are also like, yup, my four-year-old fucking sucks too. <laughs> like, like sometimes I'll be like, today I have a favorite child and it ain't Dom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they'll be like, <laughs> and they'll be like, yup, we get it. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways. So it's nice. So, so I'm having all these anxieties about dying. And then I get a text in the group text that says, one of the moms is like, you guys, I'm fucking reeling. She took newborn photos of this family. It's the, like a mom, dad, a two-year-old and a two-month-old. She took newborn photos because she's doing photography on the side. The mom was supposed to come over to her house to look at the like selects or whatever. Uh-huh. Alyssa, the photographer, canceled because she wasn't feeling well. The next day she sent the mom a message and was like, I'm free today that you can come over and look at your selects. Dad replies and is like, mom died. Yeah. Just died. What? Yeah. Just replied. Yes. Like he was like, Hey, I mean, he didn't just say like, she died. Uh, Hey, she died. She was just like, he was like, Hey, I don't know how to say this, but like Mm -hmm. my wife, was like, yeah, she died. And Alyssa was like, I feel weird. <laughs> just, you're like, just take all of the pictures, I guess. Oh my God. And she's like, and I just saw her and I was just texting her. Like it was a weird, oh. like, and so I was triggered as fucking fuck. Like oh, had fuck. to turn off the group text. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm going to die. Rashida's out. Rashida out. Yeah. Oh. Gone. Like I was unwell. Like I, and I finally like I got over it at some point last week and over it being relative. Cause it'll probably come back, but I just death scares me. And I feel like it shouldn't. Well, why shouldn't it? I think what you may, I think what, what I am instead, what I'm hearing you say, and maybe you're not saying it is that yes, death. I feel like death should scare you. 
I mean, I, maybe that's just me because I personally agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're afraid of is not actually dying. Well, you are afraid of that, but you're afraid of all of the aftermath. You're mm-hmm. afraid of what's going to happen the to your fi- kids. The finality of it. Yeah. Yes. I think that's like two separate parts to it. You know, yeah. there's like, you, uh, there's a part, the personal part of it, mm-hmm. of death, of mm-hmm. you physically having to let go and let God in my case, like, cause I believe in God. And, mm-hmm. and even though like, since the day I was born, it's been ingrained in my inch of my being that like, there's heaven, there's a hell, there's a purgatory and there's mm-hmm. God. And I, but I do believe all of that, but there's still like a little part of me that is like really hard to understand. But then there's the part of like your family, what happened to your, what happens to your kids? What happens to your husband? All what happens to all like, this is so stupid, but like after you die, you just have a bunch of shit. There's like mm-hmm. stuff like, oh, there's her. Okay. So when things get like really, really tough for me and I just cannot mentally handle things, I, mm-hmm. I'll journal. And I know I should probably be uh, actually my stylist is like, you should probably journal every day. She's like, when you start journaling, like every night, at least then you can just kind of like just release whatever is whatever's in your head. Then you will start. I to do this. Uh, you do. I only. I no no. I only, only when when I when I'm under distress. Yes. So they they she said that if you keep up with it, that things will start coming to you naturally in in your journaling, and you will be able to start figuring things out, and answers will come mm-hmm. to you. But she's like, but I, but I was like, well, I only do it when I am at my wits end and mm-hmm. things are just beyond repair. Like I'm spiraling. I need to get it out mm-hmm. of my head and onto paper, mm-hmm. but I give myself that permission to not go back and read it because I know that there's been things that I've written down. I don't, well, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was pretty ugly. And mm-hmm. one of those times was like when my mom died and, you know, I am also actually recently, <laughs> I'm like going like kind of a tangent here, but like I have been more recently going through the anger stage of grieving. I hadn't had that yet with my mom, but now I'm getting like super fucking pissed. Like why the Mm -hmm. fuck didn't she go to the fucking doctor? She Mm -hmm. could fucking be here right now. And it's just, it's just really pissing me off. And like, and I'm also pissed because the life that I had before is all gone. Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good in my life now, but it's just not the same. And I don't really want it to be the same, but at the same time, I do want it to be yeah. how it was because everything was oh, yeah. fine back then. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all that to say, apparently journaling really helps you. I journaled once. I think I journaled that night when I got home. I was like, okay, I'll try. And then I, I'm like, I forget because the nights, you know, the nights are busy, you know? They are. And I'm not sure. Like I, so I did journal every, not every day, because if I do it every day, consistency is a problem for me. Uh, so if I, if I tell myself, <laughs> Amazing. Gonna, we're, we're at episode 23 with us, you guys. Yes. <laughs> like, well, and if I tell myself I'm going to do something every day, and this is actually part of why I need to get better at sitting. So like, if I tell myself I'm going to do something every day and then I don't do it, I immediately like, like if something else gets in the way of that, like, I don't know, having two kids for and under, and I don't do it. I then like really self-deprivate myself. So then I'm really like, of course you didn't fucking do it, bitch. Cause you're, you can't ever do anything on time and you're never going to get better at this because you're blah, 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 blah. So I tend to try to stick, stay away from anything for my mental health. I try to stay away from anything that has to be repetitive, I guess. Or, does, or like, does it come natural? Right. And so I don't, I feel like journaling, I have to, when, if I journal, I have to give myself permission that it's not something I do every day. But then what happens is you then end up doing it only on your bad days. 
Right. And so then when you do die, people come across that journal and they're reading those nasty thoughts and stuff that you had in your head. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't have that out. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to get rid of this shit. So, mm-hmm. so then I'm like, well, and that was Yes, that was going to be my next thing. Like, what the fuck do you do? You just leave it by your bedside and hope Brian, producer Brian doesn't read it. Like that's, that's, I did keep a journal speaking of ways of coping with triggers. Obviously the pandemic was one giant trigger for everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was (laughs) pregnant with P. And so I did, I did keep a journal through like, well, I feel like I'd started it in like January because I was like not okay, even before mentally, even before the pandemic. Sure. Oh Yeah. I had perinatal depression like you wouldn't believe. I get to a point to where when one of my best friends drove from Wentzville and laid in my bed with me all day on New Year's Day because she was like, you don't sound right. Oh. She texted Ben and was like, she does not sound right. And Ben oh. was like, she is not right. Oh. And then the pandemic just only made things worse for me. So I journaled basically January through having pee and then stopped because I was elated. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, know, <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have my baby. Yeah. And then, but I, I have gone back and read those and they, it is hard to read. I was in a deep, hard space, Yeah, but it also, it's hard to read, but it also gave me, I guess, like it made me more proud of getting out of that hole. Like, so then like, Oh, I don't feel like that anymore. Like who wrote that? Yeah. I didn't write that. Yeah. I did. Oh, that's but, a really great way to look at that. So I don't, eh, should I journal again? I'm not sure. I don't know. I know. I know. I, I, I fight with it. I too. probably had I journaled all of those things. Well, I don't need to journal. That's what I have this podcast for. I suppose. True. <laughs> True. Yeah. But I mean, like, let's be honest, like, we're not like, like we're pretty freaking honest, raw and real, but mm-hmm. there's not, we're not honest, raw and real about every single facet in our lives because we can't no. be. No, correct. So there are things that need to be written down and need to be expelled from these fucking anxious ass brains that I don't want other people to see. And Mm -hmm. that I don't really want to read again either. So, but yes, this does sit by my bedside and I had actually, I had one like little notebook. I have no idea where it is. So (laughs) I think I I threw it away right every night and burn it the next morning. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, you could. Yeah release that shit get it out of on the, the, the full moon with the sage yes yeah and yes moon bathe your crystals to recharge them yes <laughs> yeah uh, but but the uh, other thing with with death tri- with grief triggers and anxiety around dying okay so my uncle died two weeks ago and okay, uh, i'm so sorry oh thank you he was my so my so my mom's sister her only sibling mm-hmm. died mm-hmm. one year before my mom died almost um, I mean, like they both died in like she died. My mom died in April 2020. She died in April 2019. And so it was her husband who passed away. So yeah, it just it just sucks. And he honestly was on a downward spiral for like the past two and a half years, was mm-hmm. has been on hospice for two and a half years, was in a home. Mm-hmm. After his wife died, he just was not living. So while it's very sad, it's also, I think, a little bit of a relief for my cousins, you know, their mm-hmm. their children. Mm-hmm. They have three children who are in their 40s and you know they feel like a little bit of relief, I think. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's like resurfacing all of those grief feelings. Like now they are completely parentless and they really shouldn't be. So that started to get get me down the path of like, oh my God, you know, okay. So uncle, my uncle, you know, he was at 80. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry. He was 80. He's in his eighties. Sorry, butcher Mm -hmm. that. And, but, you know, I started thinking about my mom was 67 
my grandma was 77, you know, my aunt was 78, my grandpa, my mom's dad in his sixties, maybe fifties, you know, like all very relatively young. I still consider mm-hmm. like, obviously I think like in your seventies to pass away is still young. You still have, you should still have a good 20 years left in you, you know? And maybe that's just me being too much of an optimist, but it's hard to get me thinking like, oh my God, I'm 36. I might only have like 30 more years. And like, that's not a, that's not a lot of fucking time. And I like, no, I do this too. My God. God. Yeah. It's like the life expectancy on my mom's side is not looking good. Uh And so that's, you know, I was like, okay, it's about damn time. She called the doctor, got my, my PCP. I have a check in with her. Apparently she like Mm -hmm. errors on the side. What comes of a very high recommendation of a friend. She errors on the side, like the natural. So I like that balance of like like natural holistic, but also let's use like medical, like regular medical intervention. So yeah, it got, it got, it started like me down this weird trigger of like, Oh my God, I don't have that much time left anymore. Like it was like a realization. Well, and what I was going to say, Maybe. Is, I feel that way too. So since my mom died at 43, Oh, Rashida. I, like the closer I, I'm like, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. So, so did your mom, sorry, did your mom have any siblings? Yes. And they're doing fine, but okay, like high good. blood pressure, high blood pressure runs in her family. Yeah. Like, and so she was the third of four. And then my aunt is actually 10 years younger than her. Okay. Uh, so she just turned 50. And so in my, in my grandma on my mom's, my grandma, on my mom's side still alive. She's in her seventies. My wow. grandma on my dad's side recently, well, passed away last year and she was 96. So like, wow, the life expectancy is in my favor on my family's side. If you take care of yourself, I feel like. Yeah. And my mom is not taking care of herself. And so, but still there's, there's a mind fuck that goes with like, I'm getting close to, I think there's a mind fuck with getting older anyways, because you're, you are getting closer to theoretically dying. Yeah. It's the realization, you know, like you go through your teens and, you know, your, your twenties and, you know, you're just like, your fate is just like, like not even on the radar, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and for me, you know, I had, you know, my, the biggest form of grief that I had to experience was like losing a pet, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. Like that's very, it's earth shattering. I will not be okay when something, when it's Uh -uh. time to, yeah, I can't, I I won't be okay. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. And I've had lots of animals like grip of dogs, animals, and I've had lots pass away and it sucks bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, aside from that, like my grandma died and like that sucked too. But like mm-hmm. up until then, I was like, I was just breezing through life up until I was 35. Um, oh mm-hmm. my God, 34. Anyway, I mean, even with your mom dying when you were 16, like was death ever like an, like uh, the, the eminence of death, was it ever a thought for you? No, I don't think I ever started. Like I just feared other people dying close to me, like the finality of losing other people. I don't think I ever really truly started thinking about like death as a, I could die until I was like in my late twenties. Like it was a little bit before I had kids that I had my first, like (gasps) I could die. Yeah. And then kids obviously made it worse. Yeah. Cause it's like all the things I'd be leaving behind. Yeah. And like how, how, how it would affect their life we, because you know what, you know, we actually, we had this conversation with Heather when we all went to lunch and mm-hmm. about, she can't listen to our podcast because it's too triggering for her because she's afraid of what's going to happen to her daughter when mm-hmm. she passes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Cause I, when I was going through last week and I was having all of my, like, I could die. I, I was talking to Heather and I was like, I could die. And she goes, Oh no, I rubbed off on you. And I was like, yeah, I could die. 
great impression of her, by the way. That's yeah. just like her. Because she, she, I rubbed off on you. I was like, yep. Maybe bitch. she did. Yeah. Maybe she did kind of subconsciously. I don't know. I feel better stuck. this week. I feel better this week, which is a good segue into what kinds of things have triggered you aside from the fact of de- that you are going to die, that we are, are going to die. What yeah. are some things that have triggered you on your grief journey and what are things you do to cope? You know, I think that there are like the regular triggers milestones, Mm -hmm. special events, smells, special events, meaning like it could be like a wedding or Brooks was Mm -hmm. just baptized a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, to not have my mom, I felt like I had like the overwhelming feeling that she was there and so happy and so excited to be joining in on the celebration, but she was in a different way, but to not have her there and not have her there taking pictures with, you know, afterwards, everybody was holding Brooks, taking pictures with him. And like, my mom was not there and like, I want to show her, like, I got like a cute little outfit for him and his little Mm -hmm. monogram on it. And like, not to not have her there to like be bouncing those ideas off of. And like, I've found that making decisions for me, is like really hard for me to do. It could be. Mm. And, and like, I, when I tell you that I am mulled over, like how the font, the monogram font of his baptism, like romper mm-hmm. I, weeks, weeks, I was like, <laughs> do I do a scripty? Do I do a more masculine? Do I do like a blocky? Do I keep it simple? And then finally, I was just like, you got to fucking pull the trigger, sister. This is like ridiculous. But you like, go. I, yeah. Yeah. And I was, she was like always my go to person. Like, what should I do? What should I do? So I'm still moving through that. Mm-hmm. So outside of milestones, special occasions, smells, or maybe restaurants, maybe something you eat, or like lost opportunities, like being a part of those like special events. Outside mm-hmm. of that, it's just like, I notice it can just be, it just sneaks up on me and Mm -hmm. it's when I'm working and Mm -hmm. sitting at my computer and just, I just will just absolutely fucking lose it. And I'm very grateful that I'm working from home because there's a lot of times where I am just an ugly cry fucking mess. It can be when I'm driving, you know, Mm -hmm. it's oftentimes, you know, I've, I think it hits the hardest when I'm alone or more recently I was on a walk and it was so weird. This song came on by my mom's favorite band when she was in grade school called Mm -hmm. Herman's Hermits. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what in the fuck this, why, how would this get on my Spotify? It was there. And I was like, cool. This is my mom. But like, I got home and I was like texting my brother and I was like, mom. And I was just like, this fucking sucks to use her as like, mom loved this or like to use Mm -hmm. her in a past tense. So how do I cope with these triggers? Spoiler alert. I fucking don't. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'm still learning how to cope. What I do know that I can do is I stop what I'm doing and I let those feelings surface. I give myself the permission. And we, we say this, we, we, we say this all the fucking time. Feel your feels. I know. I but, wish we could trademark this. I know. I know. <laughs> we say I know. It all the time. Yeah. I know. Somebody else probably says it too, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, we say it the most. And so, <laughs> but by allowing myself, like, by giving myself permission to simply feel and allow those feelings to surface, mm-hmm. it allows me to move through them quicker. So in the in my the beginning of my grief journey, I didn't understand that because mm-hmm. no one wants to be sad. Everyone it's wants painful. to just, it's painful. It's painful and it's hard yes. to sit. It's so hard to sit. But if you just let it happen, just fucking let it happen. You can move through it quicker. Yep. With my miscarriage, you know, the conversation on social media has really maybe quieted down in the past couple of weeks. But when everybody was, when the Roe versus Wade, when that was overturned, there was a lot of misinformation floating around 
on social media mm-hmm. about what an abortion is and at what point it what is considered an abortion, what isn't considered an abortion. Yeah, I cannot. Uh, I was going to be like, I can understand. I obviously cannot understand. No, but you, yo, you uh, can. You can. That's fair to like, say. I, I do get. Yeah, I know. I do get why that would be triggering. And I do get there's a lot of misinformation. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of things. It it goes back to my rant. The government is just well, and the government is just pitting us against each other and stupid blah. Like you know, they really are. They really are. Yeah. So, and I want to be careful in the way that I respond, also because I I am of the pro-choice people, but I am pro-choice in that you didn't have an abortion. <laughs> like right. that was not, you didn't choose that. Right. No, and no. I don't, and I also don't think that women are just walking around getting pregnant to have an abortion. Like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't fucking think like, so either. I exactly. Right. Thank you. Because like, so I just think like there's too, too many, like the, the two, the two sides need to like, there are pro like hardcore pro-lifers who are like, and you shouldn't get abortions because like close your legs. And I'm like, yeah, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. That's not helpful. It's not helpful. And it's not like, like, I can't like, could you imagine a woman willfully going through and I, that's the point of pro-choice it is willfully, but I do, I do believe that no woman is making a choice to have an abortion lightly. Like, no, that no. still fucks up your body mm-hmm. mentally <laughs> and physically. And so yeah. like I long story short, all of that to say, I agree, Rashida. I can see why all of that would be triggering for you though. Right? Like it's a procedure you went through. It is a heartache you went through. And then as you are trying to be a good friend and like trying to be like listening to both sides, you're mm-hmm. like reading all of this <laughs> misinformation that you're mm-hmm. like, well, that's <sighs> I legit. Okay. And I never do this. I legit responded to somebody and I was like, this is actually untrue. I was immediately unfriended, blocked, whatever the whole gamut. And I was like, that's okay. That's okay. And I don't know her background. You know, maybe she's had an abortion or something. I don't Mm -hmm. know. That's not my business. But I think that what is my business is that the fact that she was spreading. And that was the only time. There was a lot of people that were that reposting and whatever but like i just had like something where i was just like in the moment i'm like fuck this this is fucking untrue i'm so sick of this and i got shut the fuck down but that's fine <laughs> and i again it goes back to so it's coping coping this yeah is, i swear here's a line of things coping it goes back to what i was saying before i'm also trying to do this thing where i'm just genuinely protecting my peace so like i am no longer engaging in political debates with anybody uh, like girl yes fuck who, that. who i who yeah. i voted for and what i like those are not personality traits no guns is not a personality trait right like who you vote it's not a personality trait we should no. be able to talk to each other without this but right. we've gotten so this that or but they make it that way are like yeah but like the two sides of government are making it that way i swear this is not an anti-government uh fascist podcast kara and i are not pushing communism no we, we are like <laughs> democracy yes we are not being weirdos who are planning to do anything fucking weird no. the point is that we've just gotten so far on the right and the left and nobody like in neither side is willing to 
anyways, so a right. coping mechanism for me is that I've just disengaged. Yeah. That I think that's stuff. That's smart. Like I have just smart. like, I'm not, I'm not getting in debates. I'm not like, I, if I see somebody on social media who I know is wrong, I'm just like, I can't, your mind will not be changed. No. Right. Like, so like, I can't. Bye-bye. Just, just I don't, keep, I disengage. Yeah. I keep tapping. I disengage. And so that is, that is one of my coping mechanisms when it comes to grief as well as I just, I guess it's not necessarily disengage, but I like do whatever I can to protect my peace in the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you're removing yourself from the situation. I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, maybe that's right. I am moving, I'm removing myself from a situation. So like mm-hmm. if I'm in a coping situation and it is overwhelming to me or if I or not a coping, a triggering situation and it's overwhelming to me, I have no problem being like, this is overwhelming to me. I'm going to go over here. And I think when my mom first died, I tried so hard to not show my triggers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or like to be strong, to show to show a trigger or to show that you are triggered, I thought was like a weakness. And now I'm like, oh, that's making me feel some kind of way. I am glad to, I feel like people come into your life for different reasons, different seasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you and I first met, it was like an instant connection. You, you mm-hmm. opened your mouth and I was like, fuck yeah, I, I mm-hmm. love her. I don't know what it is. I just fucking love her. And oh, I know what it is. I just love Mutual. you. Yeah. Was, and, <laughs> but what I, what I didn't know what it, what it is, is I knew I wanted to do something really badass with you. And you and I had mm-hmm. always like, yeah, we're going to do a podcast, but I feel like you being so comfortable with like, right off the bat, like, you know, I knew that your mom had died. So I was always asking you questions like signs. I'm like, do you, what about this? And like, you were so mm-hmm. open and comfortable about talking about it, that it really, when it came time for me to go through the same ish experience, mm-hmm. I was like, it was very foreign to me. Like, again, I've never had to deal with anything like this. And, but I had this, your strength as kind of like an example to like, okay, this is okay. You're just going to, you need to move through. This is grief, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like just like learning okay, about it. And just, yeah. Yeah. It was, you're definitely a, an example of being strong in your grief. So and being like, not toxically strong. I hope like, yeah. Like, because I, cause, because I can be like, this is making me feel a certain way. Like I can, like, it's through therapy that I have learned, like in order to cope, you have to learn what your triggers are. And then you have to learn why they're your triggers. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you, then you can cope. And mm-hmm. so I know one of my biggest triggers. So I wrote, I wrote mine down. I have, aside from the normal, like death anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas is a big trigger for me. Mm-hmm. My birthday can be triggery. It, like my mom was big into birthdays. So sometimes uh, it mm-hmm. depends, but I get triggered by people. Like it's not, I don't want to say like people like enjoying a relationship with their mom. It's not that because I can look at somebody who's like loving their mom and being with their mom and having a good time with their mom and being, and be like, Oh, that's wonderful for you. I love that's that. Separate. That's separate. That's something yes. else that's happening as a else's life yeah so but i do get triggered by ben (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we've we've talked about this before like he is a mama's boy which is one of the reasons i love him so much and that that i hope to god dominic is as much of a mama's boy as 
Ben is like, and he's, he just loves, and you can, he's a good man. Like he loves and respects his mama and you want a man who loves and respects his mama. Yes, you do. So yes. And so, but I, like I said, I think in a couple episodes ago, like his, he will in any situation, pull the ripcord, like in any situation, like before, before totally being like, could I figure this out? He will be like, I gotta call my mom. There are times. That's how I, yeah. 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 And there are times when like, it's a benefit. Like there are times when we look at each other and we're like, oh shit, we need an adultier adult. Glamour. Yes. Calling the glamour. Yes. There are times when I'm like, what should we do in this situation? And I'm so grateful to her that we, that I have that relationship with her, like Mm -hmm. that I, without a mom can go to her as a mom. Mm -hmm. But then there are just moments when I am like, you called your mom for that. Mm -hmm. But you know, I kind of feel like Rashida, I at least want to feel, feel this way. I feel like you would still be saying that even if your mom were here, because I know where you're going with this. Like, it's like, you're jealous of that relationship or because you don't have that anymore. Yes. 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 I am. I am. I am over Overwhelmingly, I was going to say overwhelmingly, but I don't think that's it. I'm not overwhelmed because I don't spend every day. Like if I, if I was overwhelmingly jealous of my husband and his relationship with his mom, I don't know if her and I would be able to have the relationship we have. So jealous isn't the right thing. In fact, listener of the show. Hi, Susan. Sometimes I think she likes me better than Ben. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't she? Sorry. Right? Ben. <laughs> she will get on my side with the quickness. Love that. Love yes. that. I love that solidarity. Love yes. that. Like with the quickness, she will be like, yeah, no, Dinehart men are annoying. Because we and need that. We we don't have, like you said, we don't have that anymore. Yes. We don't have Yes. That. And so I think sometimes my jump reaction is to be like, and you called your mom or, and you're using your mom for, you asked your mom to come over to watch the kids because I'm sick. But like, I didn't do that the day before, like uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. And so I feel mm-hmm. like that triggers me, but mm-hmm. I have learned that that is a trigger and I don't want Ben to do anything about it. Like we're blessed to have grandma Susan in our lives. Yeah. And so I don't want him to do anything about it. So it becomes a like, so in those situations, what do I do? And I try my best to calmly explain, like, cause it starts with me being like, you called your mom, like snippy. Mm-hmm. And then like, I'll dig, then I'll be like, well, I didn't have to do that. Like I'm a better parent than you, or like mm-hmm. I'm a stronger parent than you because I didn't have to call in reinforcements. Yep. And so like I dig and then I'm like, that wasn't fair. Like, and it's not it's helpful. Not a fair dig. It's not a, it's not helpful in the situation. Like all he did was try to make our lives easier. Right. Yeah. And so then I will be like, okay. Like if I need to take five and come back, I do. A lot of times I can figure it out immediately. Like I say the Good. day and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like Good. I'm so very sorry. Here's how I am feeling. Like I feel this because of this. Like when you call your mom, I get upset because I don't have, not only do I not have a mom to call, we don't have another set of parents. So like if you're always calling your mom, I can't call her yep. because we're burning her out yes. because she's, the one we have one set of grandparents. Right. And so then I, yeah, calmly explain that to Ben. Ben will be like, okay, yep. Nope. I totally get that. I'm like, sorry, I made you feel that way. Blah, blah, blah. End of story. And then that's kind of the end of the trigger. It goes back to what you said is that when I am triggered, taking a moment to feel the feeling and identify it yeah, and then identify why I think I'm feeling that way. is usually helpful. It is helpful. And sometimes that's really just fucking hard because sometimes oh, yeah. oh, it yeah. just hits you. <clears throat> and like, I kind of like through you, I've also kind of figured out that maybe like I am subconsciously jealous of that, you know, 
we have both of Brian's parents involved and ready and willing to, mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat, come in and and help. You know, it's a little bit more involved because then they had to like stay at the house and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So then it turns in, but but like I think that, see, I'm just I'm spiraling. I'm starting to go into excuses, but you know. I kind of have been feeling like maybe I have been taking it out on him, mm-hmm. but like we should, like, I shouldn't, I should just be more accepting and like looking at it from a much more logical standpoint. I think that maybe you and I are uh, obviously a lot more emotional and producer Ben and producer Brian are very much logical. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, here's a problem. Here's a, f-. they see how to resolve it. You know, ob- obviously also with our history, our grief history, like we are, our minds are kind of clouded. Mm-hmm. you know, with that. So grief, inserts grief, insert grief, insert anxiety, insert being emotional. And mm-hmm. then all of that mixed in, you get triggered, you're set off and you're like, why the fuck are you doing this? You should, you're set off. It is really hard to identify all the triggers and working through them. But they say, if you can do it, then you can move through it quicker. But you I'm still trying you to can. figure that out. You can. Another thing I do to cope is if I feel myself And I guess this goes with feeling your feels. If I feel myself getting triggered, I like almost catalyst the trigger. Like, so like put it, put it in a Bunsen burner and and speed up the process. So like, if I feel like mother's day is coming or my mom's birthday is coming or something, I feel the trigger coming. I will purposefully put myself in a situation to like bring on the feels. So like, I will purpose. Wow. Mm-hmm, I've been known to like, go, on. go, go for a drive and like, listen to music. Like that reminds me of my mom purposefully. Like That's, I will purposefully, oh. mm-hmm, like I will purposely. Does yeah. Yeah. It does. Because I get everything out. Cause usually when I'm in a trigger, it's because I'm missing my mom. Right. So then I go to do something that helps me feel connected to her. And in mm-hmm. that case, it could be whatever, whatever it is. I could be drinking a Pepsi. It could be listening to Luther Vandross. It could be like, I go purposely Mm -hmm. seek out an activity that will Mm -hmm. like further push the trigger along basically. Mm -hmm. And then I cry about it and then I feel better. Wow. That Mm -hmm. is, that's bold. It's bold. It's bold. I don't think that's for everybody. I think that is a, I have worked, my mom has been gone for, for almost 17 years and I have worked through six, seven years of therapy to get to this point um, that I'm able to like, like gas pedal it right on into that trigger and then lift myself back out. But I will say when that time comes that people are, that you feel like I can, I can do that. I can handle that. I can handle getting in that water because I know that I can get out of that water. Yeah. It helps me. Wow. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. bold. That's bold. Yeah. That, that's some season. That's some like, season whoa. grief there. <laughs> it is. It is. There. It, it is. Yeah. Those are shark infested waters. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Your face <laughs> when I when I first said it was like the fuck, bitch. You you purposely cry. <laughs> yes. Scared. Well, no. Well, I, yes. Yeah. Because I because right now I'm in the the season, my grief stage or season that like where I feel it come on. I recognize it. I cry, but I don't like 
like Mother's Day, for example, or my birthday or whatever, like I feel it coming and I am still at the stage, like that day will come. I can plan for it all I want. You just mm-hmm. never know how, how you're going to be feeling. You're going to mm-hmm. feel like shit most likely, or I'm going to mm-hmm. feel like shit most likely regardless. And no matter what you have planned, it's still probably not going to be good enough. And it's still not going to help you. Maybe at least that I haven't figured that out yet, but I've learned that once those feelings bubble up just to let them happen, but I don't go, I'm not, I'm sure as hell not going to seek them out. Nope. I am. I am literally like gas pedaling right into that wall. That's very Rashida <laughs> like, of you. Like, literally I mean, go, I go find a Luther Vandross playlist and I <laughs> let myself have it. Oh boy. Like I, my stomach, like I'm like <gasps> nervous. And like, I have like, I have like, my mom loved perfume and I have several of her perfumes mm-hmm. and I will sometimes I guess that's like the closest I could get to it is like, sometimes I'll like, you know, smell the cap. <laughs> that sounds so weird. I guess but like smell the cap or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, that was too much. That was too much. That was too much. I can't do that. But sometimes it'll feel good. Sometimes it'll be too much, but that's about as far as I can go. I'm not triggered yet. I'm more of like a, oh, I miss my mom kind of thing. Like in a sweet way, you know, I just yeah. miss my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's like, that's like next level. You leveled up there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it's been seven, almost 17 years. So I think like I've, my life is also just so different than it was when she was here. And like, it mm-hmm. was, it's different than even when I lost her, my triggers have changed over the years and yeah, I have just found a way to guess, make them work for me. I don't know. It's almost like I'm reclaiming the trigger. Like it's coming up and I'm like, you don't have control over me. I have control over me. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I just gas pedal it into there. And show you show that trigger who's boss and it's me yeah bitch yeah bitch <laughs> and the words of lizzo bitch yes <laughs> oh kara what I do think, you think did we do it i think so yeah i think we covered it did it licked it as they say i don't know why they say that and i don't know who it is who they I are yeah i was i was gonna let you write that one out i was like i don't know who says that never heard it don't we know can, who says it don't know why they would say it i don't know who be saying that but good for them yeah yeah all right girls thanks so much for listening to the grooving mama's club podcast when times get tough just remember you're a badass bee and you got this mama